Welcome to everybody, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on August 16th, 2023. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-loving God, we rest in the shadow of your mercy. You are our refuge and our fortress, and in you we have complete trust because you always keep your word. We lift up this prayer in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. All right, so today there's more scripture than there is reflection. And you know I'm okay with that because these stories that we're going to talk about today do a great job of speaking for themselves. After all, it is God's word. And when it's shared, it never returns empty. And I hope these stories speak to you as much as they spoke to me. The main character in today's study and reflection is our triune God. And that should not come as a surprise because he is the main character in every Bible story. This study today is taken from the Old Testament. And we're going to reflect on Abraham, Moses, and David. As I've said many times before, the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Well, it also points to the need for a Savior. We, you and me, yes, us, we're also characters in this story. So here we go. The theme for today is when we encounter difficult situations, do we see ominous foreboding giants or opportunities? All right, we're going to get started with Abraham. You know, you remember Abraham heard God ask him to sacrifice his son Isaac. That's a tough one. I'm sure you would feel the same as I do if God asked me to sacrifice one of my kids. To me, that would be one of life's largest, horrendous, giant-sized problems. This reading comes from Genesis chapter 22, verses 2 through 8. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he, carried, he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Abraham's trusting God is almost beyond my apprehension. But he did trust God. And you know the end of the story. God did provide a lamb for the sacrifice. All right, next is Moses. 
If you'll remember, Moses reported to the Israelites what God had told him about freeing them from their 400-plus-year bondage in Egypt. They did not believe Moses or God because all they could see and feel was their oppressors and their discouragement, which had to have been gigantic to them. They let their metaphorical giants get in the way of trusting God. And this reading is from Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 and verse 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. You kind of catching on to the theme here? They're shown something, all they see is the negative, the big old gigantic things that they don't think they can handle. And you know what? They're right. They can't handle them without God. Next is David. You know David. David heard about and saw Goliath, who was a true giant, and he stood nine foot six inches tall. While most everyone else saw a giant, David saw an opportunity to glorify God. This is a wonderful story. Listen to everything that Goliath was wearing for protection, even though he was nine foot six inches tall, plus he had a shield bearer that walked in front of him. Compare that with what David wore. It's very striking. These readings come from 1 Samuel, and specifically chapter 17, verses 4 through 7, chapter 20, excuse me, chapter 17, verses 25 through 26, and 36 through 40. And here's the reading. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span, which is nine foot six. He had a bronze helmet on his head. You get the picture? He wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. That's 125 pounds. On his leg, he wore bronze greaves. That's a shin guard. And a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. That's 15 pounds. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Based on what you've heard so far, what's your mental picture of this giant named Goliath? Somebody you'd like to tangle with? Probably not. And we'll finish the reading now. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in a great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. You probably have to admit, or maybe you would at least consider or think twice about going up against this giant if you were promised great wealth, the king's daughter in marriage, and to top it off, your whole family would be exempt from taxes. Tempting, right? So here's the choice. You put your trust in what the king says and what the king has promised to do, or you put your trust in the true king, the triune God, who always keeps his promises. 
When David stepped forward, he did not do it for the reward. He did it because he knew he had God on his side, and he trusted God, and he knew that God would deliver him from the hands of the great giant. And we continue the reading at, starting at verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Here David is talking to Saul. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on a coat of armor and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. You get in the picture? Because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. We all know how the story ended. It ended well for David, because he placed his trust in God, not in the suit of armor that Saul had offered him. I'll wrap up by sharing one more story that gives an example of how a small number of people can see, all can see the same thing, but report different impressions of what they saw. The main characters are Moses, one representative from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and the people of all the tribes, the Israelites. In the beginning of the story, you may empathize with the 10 men that said there was no way they could overtake these people, but by the end of the story, you'll see it was not the giants that were the problem. It was the smallness of the, their trust in God. This reading comes from Numbers, chapter 13, verses 1 through 2, 26 through 33, chapter 14, verses 5 through 9, and 26 through 38. Here's the reading. The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them, and the whole assembly showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the, and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. 
All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. You see the lens they were looking through, their own humanity. They weren't looking through the lens of God. Continue reading at uh, verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one, of your, every one of you 20 years old or more who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua. As for your children that you said would t be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And I will surely do these things to the whole wicked community, which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in the wilderness. Here they will die. So the men Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. How we see things and how we report what we see can have a great effect on others. We see it every day, don't we? When you think about it, this can affect our personal relationships. It can disrupt families, disrupt work relationships, and yes, even church families can be poisoned by the way we view things and what we report, how we report it to others. It really boils down to perspective. If we view everything through our broken earthly lenses as opposed to the lens of Jesus, we will always see insurmountable giants as opposed to the opportunities to trust and glorify God. With the help of God, we will never face our giants alone. Let us pray. Most merciful and gracious God, help us, we pray, to see opportunities instead of insurmountable giants and things that we view to be impossible. Help us to always wear the lens of Jesus Christ, that same lens that you see us through. It is in his name we lift up this prayer. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.